another Cash Medi podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the Padres, strictly the Padres. Um, let's start with the sponsor, though, from La Jolla Chevron. When in La Jolla, don't forget to visit La Jolla Chevron and Extra Mile Convenience Store at 7475 La Jolla Boulevard, La Jolla, California. Tell Chris, the owner, that I sent you. All right, so let's start with the Padres. Um, they had a tough game today, blew it in the basically in the seventh inning. They were up 5-2. I thought they were going to win. They brought in Wingenter. He kind of struggled. He walked a guy, and then he gave up a hit or something. I don't know. He gave up a couple hits. He usually is pretty good as long as he doesn't walk guys. When he walks guys, that's when he struggles. And then Stammen, you know, Stammen looks like he was tired or I don't know. He didn't look that good. He, I mean, he didn't give any, any rockets. Uh, I don't think any balls were hit that hard. He kind of got unlucky, and they gave up a loss, and they're 500, and it seems like people are flipping out, so I wanted to come on and do a podcast today because people are going crazy, and oh, what are they going to do, and blah, blah, blah. Dude, this isn't their year. I predicted they'd go 80 and 82 this year. I think they're doing a little bit better than I thought they would actually do, considering the fact that Fernando Tatis has missed, I don't know, how many games has he missed? It's got to be over 30 games. Um, and they kind of weathered the storm. I think there were four games above 500 with him, and now they're at 500. But, I mean, he's a marquee player. He's defense, speed, power, batting average, top of the order, wherever you wanted to put him. You, you could put him in the middle of the order, whatever. I mean, losing him is, is has really hurt the team. Um, they got so many injuries that it's just piling up on them. And I actually think they've done a little bit better than what, you know, you would think with all the injuries being at marquee players or, or marquee positions. I mean, losing Castillo, the reliever really hurt them. Jose Castillo. Cause I think that was probably their best setup, man. Him and him and Stammen going into the season for Yates. I mean, if you had Castillo, how many times would, would Ye, uh, Stammen be a lot more fresh then you you don't have to use them as much. It feels like every win that they've had to get, they've had to burn out Stammen and Yates. And eventually it's going to come back and bite you in the ass. There's not really much that I think that uh, Andy Green can do in those situations. I mean, there's been a few times I felt like he's overused him, but for the most part, I think Andy Green's actually done okay of a job. I don't think he's that good of a manager. I would like to replace him, but I don't think he's necessarily the biggest problem either. So let's let's move on. Let's move to like the team and where the direction I feel like they're going to go in, and you know, because it sounds like Tatis is going to be back tomorrow. I'm doing this podcast on a Wednesday. It sounds like he's going to be back tomorrow, which would be great. I mean, you get him back, and you know, put him. At, I guess they're going to put him at the top of the order. I wouldn't. I would put him as a number two hitter. I'd probably leave Garcia at one. I'd probably put Tatis two. I would. Uh, I'd probably put Machado three, Hosmer four, and I'd probably put Reyes five. I think Reyes, I mean, you could leave him at two. He's got 19 home runs, 31 RBIs. And I know someone put a thing that says that he's had more opportunities with runners in scoring position of his at-bats than Hosmer and Machado, his percentages of his at-bats. Um, he does struggle. It's it's pretty obvious. He he looks like a player that struggles with runners on, and when guys aren't on, 
he he hits home runs and and has you know is better off. I mean, he's young. That stuff like that happens. But I think if you keep putting him in situations with runners on, I think eventually he's going to hit more and more and get better and get more comfortable for it. I don't know. If you want to keep him at the two hole, that's fine. You want to put Tatis at the one, I guess that's fine. But I think Garcia's getting on enough. Uh, I like Tatis more with people on base than than just wasting his at-bats, I feel like. Because he's just too good of a hitter, I think, in the one hole. I think he's he drives the ball. He, and by the way, he's healthy. I've been watching him these last two games. He's really healthy. I mean, I told you guys on the last podcast that I did. My uncle, you know, showed video and everyone flipped out. And I told people to relax. He's fine. And that, you know, because I had talked to my uncle. I'm like, everyone's flipping out. Don't you think they're overreacting? He was like, yeah, a little bit. But it is a little concerning. And I was like, yeah, but he's not going to go full on in some, you know, side game that doesn't even matter. Like, if he hits a line drive to left field, he's not going to just go full speed on it. The game doesn't matter, you know. But defensively, he looked really good. He was moving around. He, was, I mean, he got a walk his first at-bat on Monday, and he stole second base. And right there, I was like, okay, this guy's confident enough to steal. He's confident enough with his legs, his hamstring. That's that's a player that's 100%, or feels like he's 100%. Maybe he's not exactly 100%, but I'm pretty sure he's 100% right now. He, he hit a chopper. I think he beat it out or... or or what have you. Um, I think he got an infield single or something, or maybe he didn't even get an infield single. He got thrown out, but he was real close. I forget. Uh, defensively, he, there was a chopper. He barehanded it. He threw it. You know, he's running fine. He's going to be fine. I'm almost positive he's going to be on the team tomorrow. I mean, that's what AC said. But who knows with AC, because AC is one of the biggest bumps in this town, and we have a lot of bumps in this town, a lot. And AC probably is, he's got to be on Mount Rushmore, top four bums in this town. But I think, I think he, he, I mean, there's no way AC, if AC gets that one wrong, oh my God. Because, I mean, he's, he's basically the franchise to tease him and Machado. If you don't know when that guy's coming back and you basically tweeted out that, yeah, he's going to come back tomorrow or, or source said crap, because they always, you know, they hide behind the source said because then they can say, oh, well, then I was, source told me that. I'm sorry, you know, but what have you. Um, it's going to be nice getting him back, though. I think he's going to give him a spark. I think Machado, let me let me talk about, I think Machado's going to get it going pretty soon, too, because I think Machado misses playing with Tatis. I think he had a little energy with, you know, I mean, those guys look like they're going to be best friends. Those guys know they're both, the most talented players, probably, you know, top 5% talented players in the in the whole league, literally. I mean, those guys could do so good defensively. Machado made two or three great plays again defensively today. He got two hits. Maybe he's coming out of it a little bit. I don't know. I'm not going to say he's coming out of it after one game with two hits. He did hit a grand slam the other day, but he was, I believe, 0 for 16 prior to that. Um. But I think he's, I think he's going to start coming out of it because I predicted the first two months he would struggle, and you got you got that Davy guy. I, I don't know if he's got mental issues or what's going on with him, but I think he's trying to 
I don't know what he's doing. He's trying to prove a point that no one can come here and hit, which is so stupid because, I mean, Hosmer is hitting this year, and he said, well, Hosmer was part of his theory that, oh, Hosmer can't hit either. We signed him. Well, Hosmer's hitting 285 right now, although he's starting. And that's funny because he's in a slump, and he's still hitting 285. Um. As far as Machado, though, I mean, I predicted on my periscopes, and I know some of you guys have listened to those, I predicted he would struggle the first month and a half to two months. And I said two months, and I I was said first month for sure, and I said two months. And then he got hot at the end of the end of April and, and most of May. He got it going, and I was actually impressed, and then he, he went back to a slump. But that's probably just a normal slump that goes through the season. That his last slump, slump that he was in was is probably not due to the reasons why I thought he would struggle. You know, the first month and a half to two months. The reason why I thought he was going to struggle the first two months, whatever, was he signed real late. Uh, he missed most of training camp. I mean, they were already or spring training. They were already playing games in spring training or real close to playing games when he signed. And then, you know, I mean, a lot of these guys, yeah, I think they're already playing games. A lot of these guys have a routine, you know. They got a they got a rhythm, the routine. So let's say, okay, his, his season ended in the end of October because the Dodgers made the playoffs. He was on the Dodgers. So let's say you're him. You go into November – and you're like, all right, I need to relax. It's a long, it's been a long season. Played the most extra games I've ever played because this guy plays every game too. That's another thing that you know people don't realize on him. He's not Bryce Harper and missing games due to injuries or other players. This guy plays every game, or mo- ninety five over ninety five percent of his games. So he plays a long season, um, a draining season of getting traded halfway through the year, going through the playoffs. He's got his ups and downs. He's probably on a real high, goes to the World Series, they lose. Then he's got the biggest offseason coming up because he's going to sign a $300 million contract. He's probably visiting teams left and right. He he probably relaxed the first month, you know, and just said, hey, agent, you could talk to whoever, what have you. I'm going to relax for a month, you know, just just to get my body right, just to relax. Everybody's body needs to relax at times. Then he probably, in December, started working out a little bit here and there. And then January, he's probably like, hey, I haven't signed yet. And mentally, is probably fucking with him. And he's going through a lot, probably with his family. Like, it ain't just, hey, I signed with San Diego. I snapped my fingers, and I'm living in San Diego all of a sudden, dude. You sign with San Diego, you're moving your whole family. Uh, I guarantee his wife was involved in... And they probably were, were, he was probably stressed out at times, like, where am I going to sign? Uh, it's, it's, it, you know, it's the biggest decision or one of the biggest decisions of his life. Where he's going to sign, where he's going to be the next 10 years, basically where he's going to raise his family. He kept talking about family, 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 family. Well, he ain't the, he ain't the only one that made that decision to come to San Diego. I, I can almost guarantee you that. I'm sure his wife, I'm sure the rest of his family, you know, was saying yes or no, or, you know, giving an influence on where they wanted to go or what have you. So uh, I think mentally is probably, he was kind of fucked up for this off season. 
And then I don't think he was in the rhythm, in the routine to come into the season. And baseball is all timing. So anyone just thinks that you're just going to go up there and, oh, he's Manny Machado. How many, how many swings does he really need? There's a reason why they go to spring training as early as they do. I don't know what it is, but obviously there's a reason for it. Um, you know, I'm not a baseball player. I don't know. But there's a reason why they get their bodies ready at that time and and go through the programs that they go through. And he wasn't doing that. You could say, well, he was working out on the side or hitting off the tee or blah, blah, blah. It's not the same, dude. There's no way it's the same. There's a reason why. They don't just say, hey, every player, you guys train on your own and then we'll see you, uh, we'll see you opening day. Uh, no, they don't do that. So I guarantee he was out of his rhythm, you know, didn't have the routine, and I, I think that's why he struggled. I think he'll have a much better second half, and he could struggle all season. Like, he could be a 250 hitter all year and hit 25 home runs and only drive in 75, 80 RBIs, and everyone's going to say, oh, my God, he sucks, fucking they wasted money, this and that. I'll guarantee he has a much better season next year. I can guarantee that as long as he stays healthy. One is Tatis is going to be in front of him you know, most likely batting in front of him, and you're going to have a, a uh, an elite player getting on. His 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 numbers with runs and scoring position are really good. So if you put more ducks on the pond, I think he's going to be fine. And then he's going to have a whole off season where he's going to know the day he's going to work out, everything. He's, his family's going to be home, uh, relaxed. You know, he's going to feel a lot more comfortable. I guarantee he hasn't felt comfortable and I guarantee he still doesn't feel comfortable in San Diego yet. So once he gets comfortable, he's going to start balling. Um, I'd like to talk about one thing moving on. I'd like to talk about, like, should they trade Yates or Renfro? Or should they, you know, should they be buyers or sellers? I think they should definitely be sellers. Um, I don't think they have to sell anyone, you know, because I, there's no one that's only on a one-year deal that's worth worth a damn that you, you would say, well, just get rid of them because you're not going to win it all this year. But as far as Yates, I believe Yates is 22 for 22 on saves. I could be wrong on that. I would sell Yates. I would definitely sell him. Buy low, sell high, man. You sell high on Yates. If you could get another, you should be able to get another top 50 prospect. I don't see why not. I know Hand might have had an extra year on the contract, but he ain't nowhere close to what Yates has been. You got a year and a half of Yates if you're a contending team and you're one of these teams that feels like you're going to win a World Series, I don't see how in the world you wouldn't want a guy like him. Because a guy like Yates could put you over the top. Because even, even if you have a real good closer, you might say, well, we're going to put him in the eighth inning, um, the closer that you have right now, and then Yates for the ninth. I mean, Yates right now, his numbers are number one. I don't, I don't know if you would say he's the best closer in baseball, but he's pitching like it. I mean, he is lights out. Every time he comes in, I'm like, oh, he's probably going to blow one of these games. I don't think he's going to, like in my mindset, but shit, I'm like, you can't expect him to just keep bailing us out and, and getting a save. And he does it every time. And, and it seems like a lot of the games that he's had a save, they've only been up by one run, too. I don't know what the numbers are on that, but I would say at least double digits. I would say, I'd say at least close to 14 of those 22 saves, I believe he has. I would say are, it was a one-run game. I'd say 12 or, 12 or 14 of those. Um, so, 
Sorry, I'm just watching the NBA Finals and Draymond Green just shot an air ball on a three. <laughs> Anyways, um, so, and then people will, will say, well, we're going to be worried about the bullpen next year because we want to make the playoffs next year. And I think they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to be a playoff team next year. I guarantee that Vegas will have the over-under, I don't know, from anywhere from anything less than 82 wins, uh, I'm taking the uh, over. I would, I would guess it would probably be around 83, 84 wins. And the Padres are going to be a really good team next year. Just mark my words on that. I, don't, I really don't see how they won't be unless they just have a bunch of injuries. Now, the bullpen, I feel like, is going to be a strength next year. Let's say they got rid of Yates. Okay. But they, they got like a – the reason why I want to get rid of Yates is I think you need to go get a leadoff hitter, center fielder, something. I'm not selling him – I'm not trading Yates – just to trade him. Like Brad Hand, I felt last year they had to trade him. Or, you know, other guys that, you know, have had good seasons here and there. And you know that you're three, four years away from being a contender. You need to trade the guy because it's worthless to have him. You know, whether it was um, Mike Adams years ago or or uh, who was it? Um What was the guy that, uh, Fernando Rodney, what, whoever, whoever they put in, Hudson Street, you just trade those guys just to trade them, basically. This one, you don't, you could keep them. If they kept Yates, I wouldn't be like, what the hell are they doing? They should have traded him. I know Preller only trades if he's going to get something he really likes. So he, I feel confident in Preller that he's not going to just, oh, I'll, I'll, I have to trade Yates, so I'll just, you know, I'll take someone's you know, seventh prospect or something. No, he's going to get someone's top five prospect. He's going to get, I would assume, a top, 50, a top 50 prospect. And if you do, you trade him. And even if you trade him, like, because I was talking with my uncle, he's like, well, what if they just got, like, whatever. Let's let's say they got, let's say they got um, someone's top 50 prospect, but he's a shortstop. You'd be like, well, why do you, you need a, another shortstop? The reason why you would do that, if the player is very, is, is valuable, you trade that player and package, you know, whatever you want for, you know, an ace, whatever. You always stockpile your form system. It doesn't matter what the positions are because you could always trade. So don't ever worry about positions. And that's, that goes to the draft. They drafted that C.J. Abrams kid. And some people are like, well, why did they draft a, a, a shortstop? Well, you just draft the best players. Don't worry about where they play. Just load up on the players. This isn't the NBA draft. This isn't the NFL draft. It's not... You're not stockpiling it that way. Um, you draft the best player. You don't draft for need. You draft player, and then you could always trade and, you know, package players to get a better player at the position that you need. Plus that Abrams kid, uh, I don't know if Mike Costas knows this, but he's projected he could play center field too. So Mike Costas is an idiot, by the way. Okay, so the reason why I think the bullpen, let's say they even got rid of Yates. Now, the closer position I'd be a little worried on, but I'm telling you, I think Winchester is going to be a lot better next year. All he has to do is learn his control because his stuff is filthy. I mean, he could throw in the high 90s, 97, and he's got a nasty slider. You only need two pitches as a reliever. I think Castillo is really good, and people forget about him. You know, they always make fun of the Padres on the Trey Turner trade with Will Myers, but they never talk about Castillo. Castillo was part of that deal, too. The guy I really like is Baez. Michelle Baez, I've been watching down, I've been watching on the, the minor league stuff. He is 
the fastball's got movement, and he's placing it, and then he's dropping a changeup. And then occasionally he drops, he, he throws a curveball. The reason why I like him, he could be a starter, but he's almost like Paddock where, where it's like two pitches, like two really good pitches, and then the, the curveball is kind of like, eh. I think he'd be a much better reliever. And I would really like him as a 7th, 8th inning guy, whatever. Maybe the first year you put him in the 6th inning type of guy. But I, I really like, I really like uh, Bias. He, he is, he, I was really low on him last year. Maybe the back was really hurt. I don't know if it bothered him all season long. But whatever it is, he looks totally different. I like him as a reliever. I hope they keep him there. I think he'll be really good next year. Munez, everyone knows about him. Guy strikes everybody out, throws over 100 and something miles an hour. Um, problem with him is he's walking too many guys. But if he can control it a little bit better, he's only 20, I believe. If he's, you know, that could be your future closer by 2021. Maybe next year he's your sixth inning guy to start the season. Then he develops into a seventh inning, you know, by midseason. Maybe by 2021, he's your eighth inning guy. 2022, he's your closer. Something like that. And our 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 um, our uh, pitching coach Balsley is really good at developing relievers. You know, I mean, we've always had guys that are setup guys, and then eventually closers, and they become badass closers. So uh, I think he could find a way to to get a closer. Maybe at the beginning of the year, you don't have your shutdown closer, and you. You know, and you and you wish you had Yates, but if you could get a leadoff hitter, preferably a center fielder, I would I would trade Yates. Another guy that I think is going to be in the bullpen is either Strom or Lament. I'm thinking it's going to be Strom because they sound like they like Lament as a starter. From what Dennis Lynn has said, I think Strom is better off in the bullpen. He's he's been throwing 90, 91 all season long, occasionally 92. Last year he was 94, 95, occasionally 96 in the bullpen. So I think he's better off in the bullpen. I think that's where he, he should be. As for, he should be starting this year because they need starters, and I'll get to the starters for next year. I don't think they're going to need starters. Lament, either either one of them. Lament's throwing 97-98. I watched him pitch yesterday. If you're just looking at a box score, you're going to be like, oh, he sucked. Oh, my God, he, you know, he's in trouble. Don't look at a box score. Who cares, especially when they're coming back from rehab. He threw a lot of pitches. I think he threw 60. I think the first game he threw like Close to 50, I believe. It's all about his pitches. And his stuff is fine. He just, he 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 was he looks rusty. He looks rusty. He, he hasn't pitched in a year and a half. He, of course he's going to look rusty. So, um, I think he's going to be either a starter or a reliever. He could be a closer. Him, Baez, Munoz, they could all be closers. Winninger, maybe. They all have closer stuff. And you still have Stammen. I think Stammen's going to be one of your... Having your high leverage, not being one of the high leverage relievers. If they do keep Yates, I think they'll have the best bullpen. They'll probably have the best bullpen in baseball next year. Because if you have Yates in the in the ninth inning, and you have Baez, Buñoz, Winningcher, Castillo, and Strom as your setup guys, and I don't even care. You could and Stammen, and you could figure out who's the sixth, seventh, eighth, whatever. I think you're going to have the best bullpen in baseball next year if you keep kept Yates. Now, if you traded Yates, you, the only concern I would have is who's your closer. I don't think you could just throw anyone out there. So I do understand 
what people are saying. The only thing on Yates is I believe he's, what is he, 32 or 33, and he's going to be, he's only got one year left after this year. So, look, only trade him, though, if you sell high. It has to be for sell high. As far as the starters go for next year, Gore's really good. I mean, I don't know why he's not in AA. He should be in AA pretty much now. I think he only pitched two innings today. Watched him again. He started using the curveball more. It was nasty. Um, I mean, he's really good. He's he's 94 to 96. Well, he's about 93 to 95, uh, you know, hitting the corners. He'll get it up to 96, 97, whenever he wants, but... I mean, he hits the corners. He goes in and out. He's he's got a good curveball. Changeup's filthy. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna be on the opening day roster. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if he's your opening day pitcher. I mean, if he came up right now, I think he'd be the best pitcher on the team. He's just not. You don't want to send a guy from single A all the way up to the majors. But I don't think he's gonna need much time in double A. Just the rest of this season in double A. I know his innings is, is getting up there because he only threw 60 innings, I believe, last year, and I think he's already over 50 this year or close to 50. So, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure he'll throw 100 innings this year, and then next year you shouldn't, or over 100 innings. And then next year, I don't think you should have a problem innings-wise with him. If you do, I, very limited. Paddock, you're not going to have a trouble with innings-wise. Paddock's kind of gotten hit, hit up a little bit recently, and... I thought people were overreacting a little bit at the beginning of the season on Paddock because he kind of worried me on just still being a two-pitch pitcher. If he gets that third pitch, I think he could be a really good number two, maybe even an ace. I don't, I wouldn't bet on him ever really being an ace. I do think, though, that he could be a really good number three, really good, and then a pretty good number two, even if he doesn't really develop the third pitch. The problem with him right now, I mean, he, he throws a curveball, so he throws three pitches. He just hasn't been that effective. The problem with him right now is he gets ahead and count 1-2, 0-2, oh, and he's still throwing it like it's catching way too much of the plate, way too much. He needs to waste some pitches. He needs to learn how to pitch. That's going to come. That's going to come. I think, by, I think by next year he's going to be a different pitcher. It is worrying me that the velocity has gone down recently, it seems like. I know that Mets game, he was throwing like 96, 97 most of the game. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like now he's a 92, 93 type of pitcher. I don't know. That's concerning. Maybe his arm is a little fatigued. I mean, we'll see. So you're going to have a one-two punch of him and Paddock, or him and Gore. And then... Hopefully you have Richards at three for for your third, and either Lament or Strom, whichever one you want, for four. And then five, you could have so many. They're going to have such depth. Lucchese, Lauer. And Lucchese would be a really good bullpen guy, I think. But the way he, Lucchese and Lauer have been pitching, both of those guys right now deserve to be starters. I mean, those, are, those guys are pitching really good lately. Um, most consistent pitchers lately. And they've been the two best pitchers the last, I don't know, five starts for each guy. The last five starts for all the starters, I would say Lucchese and Lauer have looked the best by far. I don't really think it's close. Um, so one of those guys be a five. The other one could be in the bullpen and, and be like, you know, Erland. And if it's Lucchese, I think you could use him in, in 
more situations than if it's lower. I think if it's lower, you just use them for long relief and what have you. Then you would have, that's five starters. Then you would have depth-wise of Morahan, Logan Allen, Quantro, and then possibly Patino. And possibly Morahan, because Morahan, he needs to stay healthy. That's Stuff-wise is amazing. He, he has as good stuff as anyone that's not named Gore. As far as um, Quantrill, I thought looked really good today. Really good. That was probably the best I've seen him in a while. His stuff looked really good. It's totally different than the stuff that he's had in the minors. I don't, I don't get it. Like in the minors, he's like 91, 92, and his fastball's flat. And I've been watching him for two years. Now, a lot of people kept telling me, well, what about the Tommy John? Maybe it's just, you know, I guess it took him a while. That could be it. But even when he goes down on these, like, because he's been sent down like twice, I think. Even when he goes down there in the minors, he, he gets stroked again. Like, and his fastball will be flat. Then he comes up here and he's throwing 95, 96. And that fastball today had some movement, just a little bit, little tail. And... Little tail to left-handers and come in on right-handers. Just a little bit of movement when you're throwing that fast is pretty good because his changeup's good and his slider's gotten a lot better. His slider was good last year. It was pretty good. The first year in 2017, I watched him. He didn't even throw a slider. I think that was because he didn't because he had the Tommy John. He didn't want to throw a breaking ball. So, and that concerns me with Lament. Although I've been seeing him throw the slider, it hasn't been consistent, but I've been seeing him throw it. Um. You know, the first year coming back from Tommy John, you're, you're probably not going to use your breaking ball that much. So that's why I think Quantrill, I knew his slider would be better, you know, this year and last year than it was in 2017 because coming off of the Tommy John. But, like, his stuff is just way better. He could even be a five. I mean, they're going to have so much depth if they don't trade anyone. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they'll trade for an ace. I mean, you could do that. And that's another thing. If you trade, if you trade Yates, you get another prospect. You could throw that prospect into the deal to get a a marquee ace. You know, a Syndergaard, a Bauer, whatever. You know, you just always load up on it. So another guy that I would consider trading is Renfro. I like Renfro. I think Renfro is a good fourth outfielder. I mean, he's obviously better than just a fourth outfielder. I mean, he's got he hits for pop. He's got he hits bombs. It's just when he plays every day, I don't. I think they find his weaknesses, and he gets in bad habits. He doesn't walk enough. I think you know what he is. I mean, he's going to hit thirty home runs, and he's basically he's going to play sixty. You know, I don't know, sixty to seventy percent of the games, and he's still going to hit thirty home runs. I think he has seventeen home runs already. I mean, the guy. But if someone wants him. And like a Patino in a deal to get, you know, a Bauer or something like that. I'm doing it. I mean, as long as you're signing Bauer for at least like another year or two. But I'm doing it because, you know, I, I think Josh Naylor is pretty good. And he's a left-handed bat. So I would consider that. And obviously Reyes is better than Renfro. I know some people probably think Renfro's better. But Reyes is 23. You don't trade a 23-year-old that's going to hit probably close to 50 home runs. He's going to get over 40 home runs. Renfro's been really good defensively this year. I don't believe in the defensive metrics. I think 
they have them like top 10 outfielder as far as defensive metrics. I feel like that's a bunch of crap, but if you want to believe in that shit, that that's up to you. Uh, but he has been a lot better defensively this year than he has in the past. So I think his value is high. You want to sell high on him? I'm cool with that, dude. But you don't have to trade him. That's the thing. You don't have to trade him. But if you do and you really, really like a deal, then I would do it. As far as – I'll end it on this. As far as the <coughs> – excuse me. As far as the rest of the season goes and stuff, I think they'll hover around 500, probably below 500 because I think the starting pitching – I mean, if Paddock's not going to – my concern is Paddock right now. Um, I mean, I'm sure he'll be better than what he's been these last four starts. Three of them he's gotten roughed up. He had one real good one against Arizona. But um, if he's not going to get better, plus you got Strom now going on the DL. Sounds like his ribs were hurt, but I think that's probably – I mean, they got to save those guys' innings. They can't just go from – you know, 90 innings that Paddock threw last year. I don't know what Strom threw. You, you can't just, you know, double it. So the innings limit is going to probably hurt them there. I don't know where they're going to get the starts from. I know Quantrill, Quantrill should be in there. And, you know, it looks like Margavicious is probably going to get another start or two. I mean, those are, those are losses. Every time he pitches, it's pretty much going to be a loss. So I don't think they have enough starting pitching to – you know, stay in the wild card. They're at 500. I don't know how many games they are out. I, I don't even look anymore because I don't, I, don't, I don't think they're a wild card team. I really don't. Tatis will give them a spark. I think the offense is going to be better than what it's been this so far this season. It looks like they're starting to, it's starting to um, come around with the bats. I mean, they scored a bunch of runs against the Phillies. It wasn't the, it wasn't the bats that lost the games. Not, not at all. It was definitely the the pitching, so, but I think the bats are going to come, be a lot more consistent, Kinsler's starting to hit a little bit, Myers is really coming around, I'm not a big Myers fan, just because I just don't like the way he plays, he just, he should be better than what he is, he's not, um, I don't care, you know, oh, he's got a war of this, it's not that bad, I don't really care, I, I watch it, he's not that good, he, he's been pretty good defensively in center field, he's coming around hitting, and my uncle made a point that might be true where he had to learn center field basically that maybe it fucked with his, his, um, with his hitting because he, he focused so much on learning how to play center field that it might have fucked with his hitting. So I'll give him that. But, I mean, he's a disappointment. If they can unload him somehow, if he could give him some value. He's starting to walk. That's impressive. Because he used to never really walk. He used to just strike out. He still strikes out so much, but I don't know. I mean, I, I will give him this. He hasn't complained about anything. All the positions that he's played, left field, right field, center field, first base, third base. I mean, that's got to mess with your head a little bit. So maybe he has a big second half. I wouldn't be surprised. As far as Hosmer goes, I think Hosmer's had a really good season. He's going into a slump right now. I think the slump... The thing with Hosmer is his slumps are long slumps. That's the problem. Then he gets hot for a week. He's kind of an inconsistent player. But he's been pretty consistent for about a month and a half or about five weeks. And then this last week, I think he's he's in a – it looks like he's going to be in a slump. I hope it only lasts, you know, maybe through this weekend and then he's out of it by next week, hopefully. But he's been pretty solid all season long. 
like I said, Machado will be fine. Um, Reyes is good. I mean, as far as the catch, catching position goes, I would like to see Mejia start playing a lot more. Let's see what he can do in the second half. We know what Austin Austin Hedges is. He's a 200 hitter with really good defense. And, okay, I mean, that's a cool story and everything. He's fine. if Austin Hedges is fine. If he's your number eight hitter and your one through seven is really good and your pitching staff's really good, like, that's fine. I don't, you know, that, that's cool. I don't care. He could be a starter on a World Series team. I'm not saying he can't. But let's see what Mejia can do before next year. I want to see him get, you know, a shitload of at-bats before next year. Uh, as far as Urias goes, I mean, Kinsler and Garcia, I think this last month have, have really done their job. I don't, I don't know if I would make that. I don't know if I'd bring Urias up yet. I maybe wait. I don't know. I don't. Kinsler. I know everyone on Twitter hates him, and and I don't like the guy. I mean, he sucks and everything. But I mean, he's kind of doing a lot better lately. I mean, he's you're getting better at bats from him. I mean, the first month he was god awful. This last month he's been all right. His defense. I don't know what happened to it, but but I mean that's pretty much all I got for today. So, go Padres. Like I said, the main thing, though, is I pretty much would probably sell Yates. Go into next year is going to be a lot better. Some of you people are jumping off the cliff. You know, oh, my God, they're not going to make the playoffs. This year wasn't – if they made the playoffs, great. If they don't, okay. Do not mess anything up for next year in 2021, 2022. Do not trade anyone that's valuable for that. Do not, you know – don't try to get a one-year rental guy or or something that will just help you to try to make the playoffs this year. It's making the playoffs this year that doesn't that doesn't do anything. Who cares? I mean, it would be cool if they did it. You know, you don't have to say people on Twitter's oh how long the drought's been or whatever. I mean, sure that'd be cool, but you better not mortgage any of the the players for it for the next couple of years. So that's all I got. All right. Hopefully some of you guys will start retweeting these things and maybe build up a little audience a little bit more. All right. All right, another Cash Medi podcast. Uh, I think this is episode number six. We're going to be talking some Padre baseball, talking about Machado, Renfro rumors with Kirby Yates. As those guys are being rumored to be traded, we'll talk about Logan Allen pitching tomorrow. You got Mejia being brought up. We'll get into some of the guys in the minor league system. Um, I'm enjoying a cigar right now. I'm in Palm Springs having a beer out out in the balcony, enjoying a cigar, having a beer, enjoying myself in Palm Springs. I'm on vacation for a week. Pretty good time for me and my family. Absolutely enjoying myself. So Padres had a four-game series in Colorado. What a great win. Two of those games coming back. That was huge. I loved it. Um, the bats are starting to come alive. The pitching is a complete disaster, absolute disaster. Markovich is, is, should never have been on this team. I don't know why they ever put him on the 40-man roster. That was a joke to begin with. Uh, I think they made a huge mistake doing that. But uh, you look at this team, and pitching is a huge 
disaster right now. The hitting is coming around. You're starting to get more and more consistent at bats from certain players, especially Machado. Machado's starting to get in that rhythm that I talked about. I said the first two months he would struggle. Uh, anyone that's listening to these podcasts or periscopes that I've done, and now he's starting to get into that rhythm. You can tell he's getting a lot more comfortable. He he looks like he, he's got his feet under him. He's not just swinging just all arms. He's not missing as many pitches as he used to miss where he'd foul it back. And you're like, ah, he just missed that one, you know. His timing, basically his timing is getting there, and that's the key. Get your timing going. And I think, you know, early in the season, because he didn't have that spring training as much as everyone else had, he had that off season of not signing for a long time. Uh, I've talked about this before, blah, blah, blah. You know, it just, now the timing's there. And I think he's going to go on a rampage. I think he's going to carry the Padres for a while. I'm actually impressed the Padres are only one game under 500. Um, I could get into Andy Green. I'll give my thoughts on Andy Green actually right now. Padres being one game under 500 is pretty impressive. I'm not a big Andy Green fan. I don't think he's a great manager in any way whatsoever. But you got to give him some credit because this is not an easy team to manage. Not at all. You're looking at a bullpen that's a disaster, a pitching staff that's got so many young pitchers, there's so many limited innings, and then you got an outfield situation that is, you almost have like three DHs, a center fielder in Margo that can't hit, so you have to put Myers in center field, and then you got two corner outfielders. Well, Renfro's good enough defensively now. Early in his career, he wasn't really good enough. But now he's he's developed into a really good outfielder defensively, and and then you got Reyes and and Naylor. So it's like, how do you split the at bats? How do you? I think he's done a very good job as far as dealing with the outfield. I'm glad he basically made Margo a backup, and just said you're we're done with giving you chances because once you can't hit that 90, 90 mile an hour fastball or 91 92 Marco just struggles so bad on those fastballs you just know that he's never in my opinion he'll never be good there's not like well you know the you know if he starts learning how to hit and this and that or go the other way no if you can't hit a fastball you're you're done you're just done him hedges they can't hit fastballs if you can't hit fastballs you're done if you don't have bat speed what have you. I don't even know if it's necessary. Hedges, I believe it's the bat speed. Uh, Margo's bat speed, I think it's okay, but he gets jammed inside fastballs and he can't hit them. And I'm talking like 91 mile an hour fastballs. He just can't hit them. And once you can't do that, you're done. You're cooked. Um, Myers, as far as Myers is gone, I think he's kind of struggled as far as at the plate. Like he... He looks like he's lost his confidence. A lot of his confidence, is, to me, is just shot. I think he looks looks to walk a lot more than he did before. And everyone's, you know, you got your computer guys that love to walk. I think the walks are a little overrated in this day and era. They, everyone's, oh, what's his walk rate? What's his strikeout rate? What's, you know, that's fine to walk. That's cool. But that's cool if you're going to do it with an on-base percentage at 350 and you're gonna you're you're still gonna have a good slugging percentage. Like he's always gonna have a pretty good slugging percentage, Myers. And but batting average to me still matters a lot because you can you can have a guy walk. Like I'll give you an example. Myers had a situation. I forget what game it was, and I think they were down one or two, and there was second and third in the ninth inning, 
And if Myers gets a hit, it's a tie game or they win. I, I forget exactly what the situation. It was just recently, not too long ago. And whoever they played before the Rockies, I forget who they played. And he walked. And everyone was like, oh, what a great at bat. He walked. And I'm like, dude, you're getting paid to drive in those runs. Like, this, the game's on the line. You're getting paid to drive in runs. You're, you're going to be a $20 million player next year. You got an $80 million contract. And you could say, well, he walked. He did his job. In my opinion, no, he didn't really do his job in that situation. Now, if, 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 a, guy, if a pitcher just throws four pitches out of the zone or is pitching around him, there's nothing you could do. You take your walk. But Myers had pitches to hit, and he fouled them off, fouled them off. To me, that's a player that's struggling because the next guy up was Margo. And Margo came up, and he, he got out, and the game was over, and they lost. And I'm not blaming Myers for it, but what I'm saying is the walk in that situation is not as good as a hit. I don't know why people make it like as if a walk is like as good as a single. It's not. Never has been, and it never will be. You can't advance runners by getting a walk unless the guy's at first base. So... When you got ducks on the pond and you're getting paid big-time money, you need to drive in runs. Guys who get a lot of RBIs, people tell me RBIs doesn't matter. Batting average RBIs doesn't matter. I think that's a bunch of bullshit. I've, I've always said it's a bunch of bullshit. I'll never believe that that stuff doesn't matter. If you get a lot of RBIs, that means you're driving the baseball. You, you're hitting with ducks on the pond. Reyes struggles with runners on. It's, it's not like... Oh, it's the opportunities. It's this and that. No, he just flat out struggles with runners on. And he's going into a big slump right now, Reyes. Every time someone, you know, is on base, he swings early in the count. And then I saw someone tweet me, well, he's hitting, I think it was like 340 or something on the first pitch. That's cool. I mean, that's that's fine. But he's probably doing that on the first pitch with no ducks on the pond. When there's ducks on the pond, that guy just struggles. Now, he's young. He's only 23 years old. Maybe that'll come in time. But... You don't want to pay a guy huge money if he's not going to drive in runs. You know, you can hit solo home runs. That's, you know, everyone thinks like a solo home runs is 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 the same as a three-run homer. It's not. It's, it's just, it's not. <clears throat> so, but going back to Myers, I mean, I think a little bit, my uncle kind of told me this, and I, I think I agree with him, him moving around from, to play center field, he had to work on his center field like defense. He had to say, okay, I think the Padres probably told him, like, look, dude, in spring training, they probably said, you're going to most likely be our center fielder, or there's a good chance. So you better fucking learn how to play center field and play good defense because we need you to play some really good defense. So it's a tough situation for him. If he was a corner outfielder, I think his numbers would be a little bit better offensively because I think he wouldn't have to worry so much playing such a premier position and learning the angles from center field. Because playing center field is a lot harder than playing, you know, left field or right field. So I think his numbers have dropped a little bit there in that aspect. But, I mean, what's he hitting? He, he, is he up to 230? I mean, his batting average is terrible. I understand some people are like, well, his on base is like 320, 330. I don't even know what it is. Probably 320. That's still not good enough. Like, you can't just have, well, my on-base is 320. That, first of all, an on-base of 320 is nothing to brag about. Um, he's got 11 home runs or something like that, but he hits meaningless home runs. I've talked about that plenty of times. I think he gets meaningless hits. Like, I never see him get a big hit, like, when the game matters. I don't, when the game's on the line, I don't want him up. I want Hosmer up. I want Machado up. I want Tatis up. Um, I'm going to get to Tatis. Fuck, Tatis is so good. Uh, 
it's just sorry having a cigar so it's just I don't know he's just a player I would love for them to find a way to get rid of him I know some people are like hey they kind of got a log jam in the outfield what do you do and people are like well get rid of Myers look dude Myers right now is your center fielder and you don't have a center fielder so what to do with that I you know get rid of his contract it's going to be tough maybe you throw in Kirby Yates into a trade I'm going to talk about Yates. I'm going to talk about Renfro, what I would do with them. If you could get, if you could throw in Kirby Yates and get rid of Myers, I'd probably do that. Kirby Yates is phenomenal. The only, way, the only way to get rid of Yates, though, is you have to get a lot back. You have to get a lot back. You can't just trade him just to trade him and say, oh, well, you know, we sold, you know, we sold high on it. You have to get a ton back, and you have to get a ton back, and you almost have to be pretty much picky on what you want. You have to say, I want a center fielder. Now, look, if someone's going to give you, you know, the best shortstop minor leaguer, what's the guy on um, Tampa Bay, whatever his name is, and they said straight up, we'll give you to him, you would do it. And you would say, well, we have Tatis. Well, that doesn't matter. You got a top 10 prospect or top five, whatever that kid is. I think that kid might even be, yeah, I think he's a top five. I think it's Franco or something. You would do it in a heartbeat. Obviously, the. Tampa Bay's not going to do it, but my point is, even if you have that position, like let's say the best third baseman is a top 10 prospect, and you say, well, we just signed Machado for a 10-year deal, it doesn't matter. Because if you got that guy, you could package that guy into a deal and get your center fielder. Right now, they need a center fielder. They need a leadoff hitter more than anything, in my opinion. The pitching will, will be so much better next year. It's, it's I've been trying to tell my family like my brother knows what I'm talking about my two brothers do my dad doesn't he, he thinks I'm full of shit but he always does so that's cool um <laughs> just joking around but when you have when you you could be picky right now you don't have to do anything the Padres are in a great situation right now one game under 500 is a pretty good season for them I think if if you would tell me that everything that's going on and and all the players are doing what they're doing, there's certain players that are going to come back next year or be part of the team that's going to be really good. I think they're going to be really good starting next year. I think they should be a playoff team starting next year. If you're going to tell me who's having a good year and who's not, the reason why they're losing a lot of these games is because of guys like Mark Vicious is pitching. That guy's not going to pitch. He's not going to be on your team next year. Um, uh, Lauer, Eric Lauer is probably not going to be in the rotation next year. I think Lucchese is. What did Lucchese go tonight? Seven innings. He gave up no runs. That guy's pretty good. He's fine. He's a good number five. I mean, a real good five, in my opinion, because he can he can have two good starts in a, in a row, and then the third start, he's probably not going to be good. That's a five. That's a, that's. There's nothing wrong with Lucchese. Now, I think Lucchese might be better in the bullpen, if you know, a long reliever, and come in and you know, basically Robbie Erland's spot, but that's probably in 2021, maybe 2022, you can do that with, with Lucchese. I think next year, Lucchese should be a starter. Um, let's go back to the Yates, though. I mean, for the Yates rumors, as long as you get a shit ton, I'm willing to trade him. I know some people are like, why would you trade him? You're going to need him for next year. Well, you're going to have so many bullpen arms. Munoz, uh, Baez, I believe... He's going to be a bullpen guy. I know the guys at Mad Friars. Um, well, I maybe shouldn't speak for the guys at Mad Friars, but I've heard John Conniff on a lot of 
podcast he, he, and he's saying, no, no, he's a starter or he, or he views him as a starter, I disagree with him on that. doesn't mean that I'm right and he's wrong. I just disagree with him. I think I would love Baez as a reliever, and I think he could be a two-inning reliever guy. And he, he is electric, guys. I mean, this is 97-98. It's painted you know, inside, outside, it's a nasty curveball. It's it's a good changeup. He's got three good pitchers, and he, he's striking motherfuckers out down in double-A. And when you're striking people out and you're not walking people, that's a good reliever because you're not putting guys on base, and then you have the opportunity, even if someone gets a single or a double, you have an opportunity of striking people out. They can't advance, and that's how people can score. And without giving a home runs, home runs, home runs and walks is what you don't want to give up as a reliever. That's where Wingington kind of struggles is because he gives up walks. I think Wingington is going to be really good next year. I think he's pretty good now. I mean, I like him. So you got, you're got you going to have Munoz. Munoz is badass. He's throwing like 100, nasty slider. He's got two good pitches. The problem with him is he walks people. That's his only problem, though. He's going to be young. He'll have his ups and downs, kind of like Wingington this year. But they're going to be better than what they got this year. I'll tell you that much. They're going to be better than guys like Stammen. Stammen's still okay. I mean, I know a lot of Padre fans think he sucks. He's still pretty good. He's fine. I mean, he could be a sixth inning guy next year. You could have Baez for seven and eights if you want, and Munoz closing, what have you, if you traded Yates. And Wingenter and Baez, you know, being the seventh, eighth inning type of guys, whoever, whoever had a night off, you, if Baez wants to go two innings, you can do that. Uh, another arm you're going to have is Jose Castillo. Hopefully. Uh, there was some, my brother was saying that he might have gotten hurt. I don't, I don't know. I hope he didn't get hurt. Uh, Lament, we watched, we watched him pitch last night. If you look at the box score, you say, oh, he gave up like four runs. I think it was five innings. Who gives a fuck about that? I mean, we watched the home runs that he gave up. It's, it's Little League home runs. The guy just popped one up in the air. My brother had never, one of my brothers had never seen, you know, the El Paso. And he's like, Jesus, that's how, that's a home run. I'm like, yeah, everything that pops up in the air is a home run. That's why, you know, people that always want Urias up, don't look at the, don't look at those numbers and really think that they translate into the major league roster. I mean, Austin Hedges hit very well down in the minor leagues. Ty France hits, is hitting over like 400. I'm not saying Urias isn't good. I just don't think he's what Padre Twitter thinks he is. I think he's good. He's just I think he's probably a borderline top 75, 50 prospect. Padre Twitter thinks he's like a top 10 prospect in all baseball. At least that's the way they make it out. He's not, in my opinion. He's not. I think he – I like him. He draws walks. He, he can get on base. He's, he's probably going to have a good batting average. But a lot of the times that he hits a home run, that shit ain't going out in Petco. I'll tell you that much. There's no fucking way. Because he hits some pop-ups. I'm like, ah, oh, that's, you know. And it gets out. And it's just, it's like, whatever. Another thing is, Logan Allen's pitching tomorrow. Let me, get, let me give you my scouting report on Logan Allen. He's about 92, 93. Sometimes he sits 91. Last year, he was like 94, 95 down double A. And... I was really high on him last year. I've kind of tailed off a little bit on that. For some reason, he just the control hasn't been there, and the velocity, I think, has dipped just a little bit. But when he wants to crank it up, he could throw 94, 95. Um, but when he's painting his fastball, when he's got control and he goes inside out, then he's really good because everything feeds off of his fastball. His curveball's pretty good. Everything else is, is just a little bit above average. You know, I think his fastball's a little bit above average. I think his curveball's 
maybe his curveball's average. I think his slider's above average. I think his changeup's above average. And the thing that he does is he goes inside out. It doesn't matter if it's left-hander or right-hander. I don't see any difference. Like, I don't, you know, a bunch of right-handers come up. I don't think he struggles against them. It's not like he's dominated against left-handers. I just think, I mean, it's just basically for him, it's does he have his control? Can he go on the corners? And he's got good enough stuff. It's not like he's like Eric Lauer or, you know, one of these pitchers that's, you know, up there that has to throw 89, 91, you know, shit like that. No, I mean, he's 92, 93. Like I said, if he gets ahead in the count, he'll fucking bury something down in... He's got good secondary pitches, good enough secondary pitches. He's got four pitches. That's the thing. So he's going to be able to... He's kind of got that workhorse mentality. Like, he could throw a lot of innings. He could throw six, seven innings. So I think he's going to eat up some innings for the Padres. I like that they finally brought him up. I thought they should have brought him up a little bit earlier. Uh, you look at his El Paso numbers, they're not good, but he plays in a band box. You pop it up, it's a home run. And the thing with him is he has one bad inning almost every time. He'll be cruising like three, four innings in a row, and you're like, oh, he isn't nothing. And then he'll give up like four runs in one inning. So I think Hedges can help him, you know, steal some pitches. I think Balsley can help him in situations. I even think a guy like Machado can help him. I saw Machado... I forget who was it the other day. Someone was pitching the other day, and he was like, came in and and they went, you know, talked to the pitcher, and it looked like Machado was just like, dude, talked to him through it, and then the guy pitched pretty well after that. I think another guy they need to start using more is Luis Perdomo. Perdomo's pretty good. He's got good stuff. I believe his ERA is under three. I would like them to use him more. You know, try to eat up some innings with him. I don't know why they use other guys so much. They use Mayton way too much. They use Erlin way too much. They use um, Warren. Some of these other bums. You don't need to use use Perdomo more. Use um, Whistler more. I think Whistler's pretty good. What's what's wrong with him? He's got a good slider. I mean, if you just look at the numbers, you're going to be like, oh, the RAs in the fours or fives, whatever it is. Dude, he gets shelled a few times here and there, but he, I feel a lot more comfortable with him than some of these other guys. I think Whistler could be pretty decent for them. Uh, it's good to see that uh, Mejia's back up. You got to use him. Austin Head just sucks. I'm tired of people, you know, oh, his defense. Yeah, his defense is great. That's that's fine. That's fine. His defense is really good. You got to find out on Mejia. Play Mejia at least half of the games the rest of the season, if not more. I'd play him 60%, 70%. I'd make him the starter. Find out what you got with him. Go from there so that you have – at least you know what you have going into next year. You feel more comfortable going into next year. That's That would be the biggest thing I would do on that situation. Because you know what you have in Hedges. You know what you have. You have a 205 career hitter. That's not going to change. He's, he's like in his fifth or sixth year. That's not going to change. You know what you have. It's not. I, I always hear people say, well, if he could hit 230, 240. When has he ever proven he can do that? He's not going to do it. I mean, you're asking a guy to put up 25 to 35%, or not percent, or, oh, shit, sprinklers, um, points on your batting average. That's a lot, dude. That's a lot. That's not asking a guy, oh, you know, if he's a 260 hitter, can he hit 275? That's only 15. You're talking about 25, 35 more points on his batting average. He's, he's just not going to do that. I mean, in his career year. He had some home runs. 
He can't hit. He can't hit fastballs. Once you can't hit a fastball, you're fucking cooked, dude. Um, what else can we talk about? Let's see. Hosmer still solid. He's you know he's getting a bunch of RBIs. I know people don't think that shit matters. I mean, what is he hovering around fifty RBIs on the year? I think he's having a really good, solid season. I mean, nothing spectacular. I I would like him to get more doubles and home runs. Seems like most of his hits are singles, but at least he's got a good batting average. He's hovering around. It's been over 280 all season long, basically, without the first month where he really struggled. Since the first month, he brought it up to at one point to 300, but he's been hovering around 280, 285 for the whole season, basically. Um, I like him in the two-hole. I, I, I think they're kind of wasting Fernando Tatis in the one-hole. I would like to find a way to, I don't know, either put him three or four or two. I mean... Really, they need a leadoff hitter. If they had a leadoff hitter and you could put Tatiste at two, and you could put Machado three, Hosmer four, Renfro five, that that would be a much better lineup, in my opinion. So if you traded Yates and you got a center fielder, everyone's always like, well, if you trade this guy, and make it like as if you're not getting anyone back. You're not just trading guys just to trade them. As far as Renfro goes and trading him, I think that's the biggest topic as far as right now goes. Renfro's having a tremendous season. He's got 23 home runs. He's hitting 257. He's got an on-base of 956. I mean, not an on-base. OPS of 956. That guy's slugging the ball, dude. I mean, he's having a great season. Would you sell high on him? I don't know. Part of me says yes. I would not be... I'm not going to be one of these guys. I know a lot of guys on Padre Twitter. They could get a top 10 prospect for... Renfro back, and there's gonna be people on Padre Twitter who are gonna be like, "Oh, that's they're so fucking stupid. Why they trade a 27 year old guy that they got? I don't know. I think he has three years of control or three or four years of control. Why they trade him? Well, you gotta decide what you're gonna do in the outfield because Naylor can hit. I know his batting average isn't that good, and uh, I don't think he's drawn a walk since he's been up, but he walked a lot down in the minor leagues. That that walk rate. Don't, I wouldn't worry about that. That's just early in the season. He's probably too anxious, you know, just getting the call up. The problem is if you traded Renfro and you said, okay, Naylor and um, Reyes are going to be our corner outfielders, that's the worst tandem defensively for corner outfielding. The good part of that is you get Naylor with a left-handed bat. You need a left-handed bat in this lineup. You can't just have Hosmer as your only left-handed bat. So I think they really need to consider training Renfro, but I would only do it if you got a package that you couldn't you didn't expect to get. One thing on on deciding what to do with those three outfielders, because basically you got a log jam of three corner outfielders. Renfro's good defensively, Reyes and Naylor are as bad defensively as you're gonna get. You could just wait it out. I would I personally would probably just wait it out let these guys get more at-bats, and then decide in the offseason. Because you're going to feel a lot more comfortable, either worse or better, on Naylor, and you're going to feel worse or better on Reyes because they're so young. I mean, you, you've only played half of this season. Naylor just came up. What did he come up? About a month ago? Less than a month ago? Three weeks ago? Um, you get him the rest of the season, you give him another 80 games, and let's say he starts, I don't know, close to 40, where he starts, you know, 30 of them, and he pinch hits here and there, or he plays here and there in the other games, 
I mean, you're going to feel a lot more comfortable either that he's going to be better or you're going to say, oh, maybe he can't hack it up here. Then you can decide what to do after that. But so what I would probably do is wait on the Renfro one. I probably would trade Yates. But if they did trade Renfro, I wouldn't be pissed off about it because I would assume they're going to get a shitload back because you're selling high on Renfro. You're selling high on Yates. You're not, you're not selling low on them at all. I thought, I'll give you an example, is Brad Hand last year, he was kind of struggling. I think his ERA was like hovering around like three and a half, maybe like three, two. Last year, he blew, he blew a lot of saves. He, he kind of got shelled. Like you, you felt like you were selling selling low on him. Now, he still ended up getting a top 30 prospect in Mejia. Um, so you know A.J. Preller does not settle. He wants pretty much one of your best prospects. He's not. He's looking at top 50. He's, he's, he's looking at top 100 prospects, top 50 prospects. He's not anything outside of that. He, he's going to laugh at if someone... You get Renfro and you get, you know, or you can get Renf- trade Renfro for a veteran center fielder that's going to be here for two, three years, and then, you know, someone's high, one of their better pitchers, something like that. Yeah, you do it. I mean, I, I would do it for something like that. I mean, getting a center fielder is a big part of it. But I would not... Just trade him just to trade him just so that I cleared a spot just so that Naylor can play. No, I wouldn't do that. Absolutely not. He, I mean, 23 home runs already. He's going to hit probably – he's going to hit 40. You know, it's not like he's going to not hit 17 in the second half. What is their record? 35 and 36, if I'm not mistaken. That's 71 games. He's got 10 more games. He probably hits another one or two at least. He probably Let's just say he hits two more. He's going to be on pace for 50 home runs. So he's going to hit 40-plus easily, probably going to get 45, maybe even 50 home runs if he gets hot. I mean, you can't just give up guys like that. So there's no just, yeah, we had to clear up a spot to play Naylor, and we wanted to have a left-handed bat. I understand playing the left-handed bat or wanting the left-handed bat in there, but you can't just do that. Now, would you trade Reyes is another thing. So because Renfro's playing so good, would you say, hey, we want Renfro in right field or, or left field, whatever you want. And he's much better defensively. Would you trade Reyes? Well, Reyes is only 23. And what does he have, like 19 home runs or something? I'm not trading a 23-year-old unless I'm getting a shitload back. Because Reyes, to me, has more potential than Renfro. I, I would say Renfro is more seasoned right now. But Reyes, that steak might taste a lot better later on. I mean, he's, he's, got, he's got big-time potential, I think, Reyes. Reyes does. I don't think Renfro has the potential that Reyes has. So, I mean, but again, if you're going to get a lot back, no one's untradeable on this team. The only people that are untradeable on this team, in my opinion, are Machado and and Tatis. Hosmer, no one's going to go for him in his contract playing first base. I, I, you know, so you're not going to get rid of him. And then I wouldn't trade Gore almost, almost for anything. So, Besides those four, I mean, Hosmer I would trade in a heartbeat, but you're not going to get rid of him in his contract. For, for So the three I wouldn't trade are Tatis, Machado, and pretty much Gore. That's the only guys. Everything else you're willing to trade, it just depends on what, what you're going to get back. So, I mean, I like the situation that they're at. Machado's 
let's talk about let me talk about Machado right now. Um, Machado is going to carry the team for a while. I think. I think he's going to have a huge second half. He's getting more and more comfortable. It's the offense is going to score score runs. The thing is, can they get enough pitching? You know, through the season, can Logan Allen finish the season? That would be great because I think he can. I don't think there's any limitation on Logan Allen. I think he threw a lot of innings last year, if I'm not mistaken. I would I would guess he threw over 150 innings. I mean, it seemed like he was throwing six, seven innings every time down double A. It seemed like he was only giving up one or two runs every time. I mean, he was a bulldog last year. This year, look, it's in El Paso. He kind of struggles a little bit. He, 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 sometimes you have a big inning, and it's just kind of it's kind of like Colorado. You know, the Padres go into Colorado. That was great. That series was so much fun. Like just seeing the Rockies blow it two two games in a or not two in a row, but two out of the three, and then that. Pussy Twitter account couldn't even put the score up. What bunch of pussies, dude? Put the fucking score up. Another thing on Machado getting suspended is a bunch of bullshit. I mean, he probably won't get suspended because he'll appeal it. To say that, to say that Machado made contact with the umpire is the biggest joke I've ever seen. First of all, Machado, all he did was argue the ball and strike. He didn't do. He didn't point at him or anything until the guy ejected him. He didn't go off until the guy ejected him. The guy ejected him so quick. It was such a joke. It was a total ball. Arenado, what, the inning before was acting like a little child, um, yet nothing happened in Arenado because he's a golden boy and Machado's the villain. I don't get it. I really don't get it. I don't understand the whole narrative on Machado. All because he said he's not Johnny Hustle. The guy, if you watch him, you understand you'll take that player every fucking time. Does he hustle every single time? No. But he hustles when he has to hustle. Okay? You don't have to give your all every... Guys that give their all... Look at Bryce Harper. He gives it all all the time. And he gets hurt a lot. Tatis. I would like Tatis to take it down a little bit. He's throwing himself out there so much. I feel like he's going to get hurt. Like he's diving everywhere. He's sliding into first base. He's always sliding. He's And look, it's hard to take that aggression away because it's so fun to watch. And you're like, dude, this guy's the biggest badass. But you're more prone to get hurt that way too. I remember when I was a Charger fan, LaDainian Tomlinson would always try to get the extra yard. And I was like, dude, he needs to start stepping out of bounds. You know, you want his career to be prolonged. And then he started doing that, like probably like his fourth or fifth year. I mean, is that not Johnny Hustle? Like, he didn't try to lower the shoulder and get another yard or two? I mean, yeah, but he's got a career to think about, too. So, look, Machado didn't run a ground out out, uh, and everyone made a huge deal of it. They only made a huge deal of it because he's a badass. And he, I feel like Machado signing in San Diego, people made it like as if, I think like the big markets. It seems like the big markets are the ones that are crying about it. It's the Red Sox fans. It's Yankee fans are crying about it. It's always Machado's not there. Good Philadelphia fans. It's you know Machado sucks. He's still not worth his money. He's fucking worth every goddamn penny. And I saw a stupid ass tweet. I've seen a bunch of them. Is the team's not even five hundred? How how is he worth the money? Are you fucking that stupid? They didn't sign him for this year. They signed him. For fucking 2020 through 2026. That's what they signed him for. That's. He didn't sign him for this year. 
You just got the player to get him this year. That'd be like saying, that'd be like saying the Lakers getting LeBron is a bad decision. Well, they didn't sign LeBron for last year. They signed him for this year and, and years to come. He just signed him for last year. They didn't even make the playoffs. I don't understand how that team is is Vegas has them as the best odds, but that's a different story. Um, you know, you didn't sign Machado for this year. You signed him for the five six years from now, all those years, and you got already guys. Oh, they're hovering around five hundred. Yeah, and we're like twenty games under five hundred the last like five years. He's already helped the team so much. I played shortstop. We just we just lost the best shortstop or one of the best shortstops in baseball, and I already believe he's one of the best shortstops in Fernando Tatis. Look, I was as high as you could be on Fernando Tatis, and he's doing way more than I thought. Not way more, but he's doing better than I thought he would because I thought he would hover around a batting average around. I, I figured anything from 240 to 260. I thought 240 would be, okay, he wasn't as, you know, he struggled a little bit more than I thought. I thought like 260, 270, I would, okay, he did a little bit better than I thought. I mean, he's got, an, he's got a batting average. I think he came in today, like 338. I mean, he's only played like a month and a half, so the batting average will come down. But that guy's going to hit 280, you know. And I think it's funny, like fan graphs. We got so many guys on Padre Twitter that just love Fangraph and just think that everything that Fangraph says, that, that's the end. All Fangraph says, this guy's that. Or Fangraph says, his war is this. And Fangraph says, dude, just watch the game and give your own evaluations. I'm so sick and tired of being told what Fangraph says. Like Fangraph has the war. Austin Hedges is number three on the Padres, his war. If you think Austin Hedges is the third most valuable player on this team, has been this whole season, you're not fucking watching the games. You have no clue what you're talking about. There's no fucking way that he's the third best player on the team. No way. And everyone tries to judge it just on, on Fangraph's um, war stat. I think that war stat is a, bunch of, is a bunch of bullshit. I don't care what anyone sells me. I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think some of those computer numbers, I don't really use them at all, but you want to tell me WRC Plus matters? I would probably believe that one matters because that one seems to have some legitimacy to it because you're it's basically how you created a run. Okay, that one, there might be some logic to it. To just throw out some war number, say this guy, you know, Hedges is, is having a much better year than uh, uh, Eric Hosmer. I mean, come on, dude. I mean, they, they have Myers has a better war than Eric Hosmer. Does anyone think Myers is having a better year than Hosmer? It's not even close. You know, it's always, oh, what the defense is. Okay. <laughs> is Myers like some gold glover in center field? No. Hosmer's been pretty bad defensively this year. I'll, I'll give you that. But I don't know, the last two or three weeks, I, I haven't seen a problem from Hosmer defensively. He's had some blunders this year. You, you wouldn't uh, suspect. But even if you factor in those blunders, there's no fucking way that Myers is having a better year because Myers hasn't. You know, he's had some blunders out there in center field, but it just seems like it seems like the war really you get a high war if you play shortstop, center field, or catcher. If you play the other positions, it's tough for you to have a high war. I, okay. No one says like in basketball, oh well you can't be the best player because you don't play, you know, point guard or center. Like what? Like I don't I don't understand. 
You should just value the player. It shouldn't really matter so much where he, what position he plays. Yeah, value the position to a degree, sure. Would I rather have a shortstop than a first baseman? Yeah, because it's harder to find a shortstop. And the shortstop is defensively stuff. But to make it like one guy's Myers is having a better year than Hosmer. Hosmer's like, it was like eighth or ninth on the team with a war. Like, there's no way. There's no way he's eighth or ninth. But going back to Tatis, I mean, the guy's phenomenal, dude. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. We have the best young player in baseball. It's not even close. It's not even close. Who would – I wouldn't trade Tatis for anyone. Not even for Mike Trout. One, you would take Mike Trout's contract. And two, I don't even know how, how old Trout is. I'm guessing he's around 27 or something. We're talking about a 20-year-old phenom, dude. An absolute phenom. Going back to the fan graph, I have a bookmark, a fan graph – Doing a projection on, on uh, Tatis's numbers, they they're like he's gonna hit 230 this year, next year 240, another year 230, 240, maybe a 250 in there, and another 240 or something. I'm like, I saw those projections. I'm like, what a joke! This guy's never gonna hit under 250. I'll be shocked if he hits under 250. I th- I thought maybe this year, his rookie year, he would do that. The way I'm watching him, I'd be stunned if he hit under 250 this year. Stunned. I mean, I already feel like he's one of the best players in the league. You can't label him that because he, he probably hasn't even played two months of a season. But if you just watch him defensively, the way he runs, the, I mean, he, he, he gets triples like, like as if they're doubles for most people. Anything he hits in the gap, you're like, oh, he's going to get a triple. I mean, he just flies, dude. Remember, Fangraph and, and Scouting Report people are saying that he couldn't play shortstop. I remember when I first saw that, I was laughing. I watched them all last season, first month. I was texting people. I'm like, don't believe any report that says that guy can't play shortstop. It's the biggest joke I've ever seen. So you got a whole left side of your infield. You got Machado. What is he, 25 or 26? I think he's 26. Like I said, he's about to go on a tear. He's already going on a tear. I think he's going to carry us. I think offensively this team's really good or about to be really good. Um especially if Mejia gets enough at-bats in there. I think Mejia is a lot better defensively than people think. I think he's okay. People are like, oh, my God, he's the worst. Yeah, the first week he looked really bad, or first, whatever, five starts that he had, he looked really bad. But I thought after that he started getting better and better. When I watch him down in the minor leagues, I think he's fine. I think he's getting better and better down there. If you give him two, three years to be a full-time catcher, I bet you by year two or three he's going to be fine. I mean, he's going to be a lot better than what he was from day one. I mean, he's got the tools. He's got the arm. He's got the athleticism. He's got to learn how to catch the ball a little bit better, you know, frame it a little bit better. Those those aren't the hardest things to overcome. It's not like, you know, he doesn't have the bat speed or something. You can't teach bat speed. You either have it or you don't. He, He can learn some of that stuff. So that's kind of where I'm at. Kind of wanted to do a quick one. I wanted to do a Periscope, but I'll probably do a Periscope this weekend because, you know, I've been gone for a while, or I was gone this week, and, you know, but I'll try to do one this weekend. I was going to do one when they came back, though. That was pretty. That was a great win when they came back the other night. What was that? 
Friday night when they came back against the Rockies, those pussies wouldn't put up the score. What a bunch of pussies. You can't put up the score? I mean, just fold your franchise. You, you, you couldn't tweet the, the score of the game because you, six runs you were up in the ninth? That's baseball. That's baseball. You should have just tweeted, that's baseball, and you lost. I mean, what a, what a joke. You guys are, oh, we're scared that you're going to dominate us on Twitter. Yeah, we dominate everyone on Twitter. Get used to it. But we only have six fans. That's what everyone always says. Parties only have six fans. If the parties only had six fans, I wouldn't get the views that I'm getting on my podcast or my Periscopes. Oh, you only have six fans. Okay. I mean, I could think of, I could think of six Padre podcasts right off the top of my head. And that's already, most of these people have two people doing it and helping them out. I got me, myself, and I. That's the only one <laughs> on these things. So I think it's great that O.J. Simpson's on Twitter. I think that's cool. <laughs> the juice is loose. I think the Padres, hopefully the pitching's going to get destroyed the rest of the season. I don't see that, you know, I don't see that changing. Logan Allen can help him out. You know, at least I think Qualtrill's having a much better season than I thought he would have. He's, he's looked way better than I thought. He, he was 91-92 last year. He's 94-95. He's got way more pop on his fastball. Everything feeds off a of fastball. He's got he's, his slider's even better than what it was. The changeups was I never questioned the changeup. The changeup's always been pretty good. So I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Most people will never say when they're wrong, but I'm glad I was wrong on that one. Um, do I think he's going to be like a number two or number three? No, I think he's going to be a four or five. But hes I, I would start him the rest of the season. I would start Logan Allen the rest of the season, and I don't think you have any limit on their innings. So you shouldn't have a problem there. As far as Paddock goes, I think it's a good decision to throw him down there. He needed a break. Uh, you got that whole li- innings limit. Maybe make him a three, four inning pitcher. Maybe make him, you know, a bullpen guy. I don't, I don't know. Just to get through the season, and then next year you can make him a starter because he's already getting close to the innings. You know, I don't think he's too far behind. Um, there's no rush to. Oh, we gotta throw him out there. And I think he's gonna be fine. But I never, I didn't overreact when he was dominating his first whatever starts it was, like five starts. Four or five starts, he was dominating. I didn't overreact now, and I'm not, you know, throwing him off a cliff now that he's getting shelled a little bit. He's going to be pretty much in between where he was dominating there and getting shelled. So he'll be fine. He'll be a really good number three, possibly a number two if he learns how to A, waste pitches better. He's ahead in the count 0 and 2. He always. He gets way too much of the plate. He needs to learn how to do that. Waste pitches. Now, one of my buddies was telling me he thinks he doesn't waste a lot of pitches because he's on a pitch limit and he can only throw 90 pitches. And my buddy thinks, well, if he wants to go five, six innings, he can't waste pitches. I don't know. That might be a pretty good point. So uh, I think he'll just be much better off next year because I don't think he'll have the innings limits. And he could just he could just pitch, and he could be himself, I think. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, he, he didn't start that many games in AA. So, you know, maybe – I mean, he's got good enough stuff to be in the pros, but maybe he, he need a little more seizing down in the minor leagues. 
But I think he'll be fine. I think he'll be a number two, number three, like I said. I don't think he'll ever be an ace. I think that's expecting too much from him. Um, but like I said, I would trade. I would listen on Renfro. I would listen on Yates. But you got to sell high. I'm not. You don't have to trade either one. I would much rather trade Yates than Renfro because Renfro could be part of your, you know, your good team starting next year. Yates could be too, but would you consider signing Yates to a one-year deal extension? Sure. I don't know if Yates would do that. It seems like Yates wants to pitch here. If he wants to sign a one-year deal extension, then yeah, I would do that too. So then you have him for 2021. But I wouldn't expect him to be good in 2021. If you're going to sign him to something, you better sign him that he might be a setup guy in 2021. Because he's already, what, 32 or 33? I mean, his, his stuff is electric, though. I mean, he's 94, 93, painting it inside, outside, and then dropping that splitter. You could get a lot for him. So I would much more lean to trade Yates than Renfro. I think I would hold off trading Renfro, relax, see what you got in Naylor and Reyes and Renfro, and you decide in the offseason what you want to do from there. But you'll have more. You'll have much more data on Naylor and Reyes, you know, as the next 90 games of the season. And that's what I would do. So I would hold off on that, most likely. Now, if someone gives me a shitload for Renfro, then buy. <laughs> I don't have any, you know, oh, I can't trade him. No, the only guys you can't trade are Tatis, Machado, and Gore. That's it. Those are you guys I want to trade. As far as Morhan goes, he keeps throwing two innings. He keeps shutting them down. His stuff is really good. They're babying him. I guess that's fine. That's fine. His stuff right now could play in the major leagues. There's no question about it. No question about it. He just hasn't been seasoned enough. The injuries, you know, it's kind of his setback. I wouldn't be surprised if he has a huge second half. Stay healthy. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's up on the team next year. I know there's been some rumors he might be on the team this year. I don't see that. Unless they, they're saying, hey, we're just going to use you as a relief. <coughs> as a reliever, maybe. But that's all I got for this podcast. Um, go follow Cash Medi at uh, Craig Medi on Twitter. And don't be afraid to retweet these and get them out there. All right, fellas. Till the next time, good night.